Welcome to the Queen City Preachers Podcast. I'm Pastor Andrew. And I'm Pastor Molly. And it's good to have you with us in this not Ooh. tropical but warm winter that we're in now. I guess, yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess it is kind of nice for it to be warm, but it's so like gloomy and dreary that it's just like, ugh. Yeah, yeah. Yesterday was nice, but... Yeah, yeah. Yesterday was beautiful sunshine and uh, very warm. Yeah, um, yeah. But it makes you a different type of person when you haven't seen the sun in a while. It's true. We were just mm. talking about vampiricness. And, uh, vampiricness. <laughs> we're watching that True Detective Night Country show where it's oh, like... Oh, that looks really heavy. It's really good. Is it good, though? It's really okay, good. Okay, all right. And I'm not like a horror movie person, but it's like just the right amount of kind of scary, spooky. That okay. it's like... It's just very good. Like, it's very okay. thought-provoking and... There's some good, really good acting. So um, it has nothing to do with the gospel, really. That's that's good. Um, I mean, it's okay. But <laughs> what we watch, what we enjoy, that's okay. Television uh, but is worth it. It's good. Okay. And it's like the night in the Arctic kind of circle area. Yeah. Yeah. I saw the preview and I was just like, I'm just not sure how in the mood I could be for that, like that intensity. It's very addictive. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, mm-hmm. duly noted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They um, set up a good plot of like, how did this even happen? You know, we were like, oh, I want to figure out how this happened. So, yeah. Yeah. Intriguing. I yeah. don't know how to connect that to the gospel. So That's okay. let's just push That's forward. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so we're still in Mark um, yep. and we're, we're going to bounce around a bit um, during the season, but we, we are, are still in the first chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a reminder for all of you that have, have been with us a little bit, but like we went from the calling of the disciples mm-hmm. um to um, last week was Jesus um, teaching in the temple in the synagogue, and then uh, the exorcism of a of a demon or an unclean spirit um, from a man who was in the temple with Jesus. And then we segue immediately into today's story in Mark, like it's um, that we go we go from there to. Um, to as they left the synagogue, mm-hmm. um, so like it's still it's right there. Day. It's still yeah. Sabbath day, so yeah. that's that's where we're at. <clears throat> um, one of the things that like I'm noticing when you said unclean spirits, because I we had a conversation at Bible study a little bit about this. You know, like the yeah. the difference, like the the mental illness versus unclean spirits versus demons, right? Mm. Like we get the mental illness, or the sorry, not the mental illness. Take that back. We get unclean spirits named in verses 21, but now we're going to move into like possessed with demons. And so I just like, I wonder if there is some differentiation or it's just like just use of two different terms to describe the same thing, you know? I wonder what they were thinking at the time. And I, but I also like read something that was like, Let's not try to just be like, oh, it's mental illness, right? Like, let's honor that at the time they did believe in this, like, idea of possession by demonic spirits. And let's just open our minds to be like, maybe. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, what's interesting is that, like, the un- the man with the unclean spirit, the spirit has to come out of him, right? Jesus mm-hmm. says, be silenced and be gone. Yeah. And, and so in some ways that, that seems very <clears throat> similar to... The understanding of the demonic, yeah. But at the same time, it's interesting because unclean. In some ways, it's almost like unclean is worse because unclean denotes a lack of ability to be present to the holy. 
right? That you have broken in society. Yeah. Right? Even like though somehow, they're naming the holy. Right? Even though they're naming. Yeah. So like it's kind of I think that almost raises the tension mm-hmm. in a religious context yeah. to say unclean. unclean. Whereas a demon, it's almost like, well, this is otherworldly. Mm-hmm. Whereas the unclean is naming this is how it's impacting yeah. you. Yeah. It's almost, Maybe it's yeah. it's for the specific audience, right? Might be. There's I don't know. That's a really good question. It's a very curious one. Because he's speaking to the scribes at the time, right? It's true. That yeah. this is unclean, and that's kind of the language of the scribes for clean versus unclean. Right. Yeah, as I right. mentioned, Holy versus about, like, unholy. Yeah. <laughs> how much water you use to wash your hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wonder if then moving to speaking to the people, this the demonic is what connects to them more. Because, well, like what you said and what I'm going to kind of continue on is that we have the scribes who are teaching the folks in a certain way, and it's not like it's a bad thing what they're teaching. It's just not really connecting with the people very well. But then we get Jesus connecting with the people in his teaching, right? You mentioned like he's teaching with love and he's teaching things that feel more meaningful to them. And well, then are more meaningful, right? That yeah. it's less the the abstract mm-hmm. and more the seeing them as a whole person. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I wonder if like for the scribes, the idea of like unclean is like really meaningful for them. But for the people, like to me, if someone said, oh, you got an unclean spirit, I'd just be like, "Eh." but if somebody said I have a demonic spirit, I'd be like, wow, that really like explains how my whole person feels consumed by this thing that can't be controlled. That's an interesting perspective. It makes me think that unclean is that it impacts, so let's say I have an unclean spirit. Mm-hmm. That's impacting me. Mm-hmm. If I have a demonic spirit, that means what is happening to me is impacting others. Yeah, like the man, right, who is chained up yeah. in the in The, the demoniac, right? I mean, the or the, the, demoniac, yeah, the, right? the man who is... He's on the outskirts demons. of community and he, he needs to be brought back in. Yeah, and so in some ways, does, does Mark use demon instead of unclean mm-hmm. when he's saying this is impacting more than that person? Like, in a big way. And it's not just a matter of whether you can't participate in the temple culture. It's that you can't participate in the rest of culture, Right. Too. It's, it's beyond, it's beyond mm-hmm. just the you temple. You can't even be with your family anymore. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Well, I mean, so those are, you know. Anyway, that's been yeah. a, a light little intro into our text for today. <laughs> but I, I'll just name, just a, just a reminder and a caveat. Um these are musings and ramblings. We do not know the yeah, answers. No, no, no. So, um, so that's that's a hypothetical. It could be. We don't know. Yeah. Um, but it is intriguing to think about how language is used to understand that which is uh, opposed to a right relationship with God or with ourselves, whether it be unclean, whether it be demonic, whether we mm. use sin, like whatever words we use, yeah. it matters, and they have different tones and meanings. And so I think... This is a reminder that like, yeah, that's going on in Mark, mm-hmm. even in just the first chapter that we don't, mm-hmm. we have multiple layers to this. Yeah. And that the, so. the language is flexible, right? And that it has this ability to connect with different people in different ways. Um, and so when we hear it, like, I know I'm personally not like um, demon possessed, but there are times within myself, whether it's like the weather is a bummer or like I'm having hormonal shifts or whatever, yeah. that it feels like something, something uncontrollable is, yes. within myself that's pulling me in a certain way. 
And that makes it hard for me to interact. And it's not necessarily mental illness either. It's just something beyond what I am able to control in the certain time. And all of us experience that in different ways at different times. Mm -hmm. And I think like that's, that's an interesting piece. I'm curious because like, I I think that actually ties in in some ways really nicely to uh, the mother-in-law vignette. Mm Mm-hmm. So, let's so maybe it, maybe let's yeah, let's read let's the text and dive in. Yeah. <laughs> we got ahead of ourselves. Yeah. So we are in Mark 1 and we are starting in verse 29. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever and they told him about her at once. He came up and he took her by the hand and he lifted her up and the fever left her and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door, and he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and he went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed, and Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. Okay. So we get kind of like three little vignettes that are happening here. Yeah, we do. This is, Mm -hmm. there's, I mean... As I mentioned, Mark's off to the races mm-hmm. right away in the gospel. And this is this is just another reminder that like in the course of just ten verses, mm-hmm. we have three stories essentially, I or know. three pieces of story. And we're still in the first chapter. I know. Yeah. It's like, okay, <laughs> slow down, Mark. Can you yeah. can we spread this out a little bit? That was funny yeah. too. Like all of it's only the beginning of February and we're just like we're only in the first chapter of Mark. <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but so we get that first part with the mother in law too. Um so to me, it's important that they're leaving the synagogue. It's still the Sabbath day. So for one, Jesus is doing healing on the Sabbath day. Right. So he's right. already flying in the face of the mm-hmm. norms mm-hmm. And, and law. He's got his his four disciples, right? Yep. And those are the only folks who he's called so far, which is interesting. I don't yeah. know why it's interesting, but it is interesting to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a small crew yep. so far. Yep. They go to Simon's mother-in-law, who's got he's in bed with a fever. And this, I don't know if this is the part you're talking about that was interesting to you, but the the language around it that's actually more resurrection themed language. Well, it's both. So, like, I, I think that that's one piece that's really interesting. Like the 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 lift up, the raise. It's is, supposed to be it's, raised. It's yeah. ego. I mean, it's the same Greek verb mm-hmm. as is used for resurrection. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's really powerful that he he brings her back to life. I mean, but the other thing that's really interesting about this passage, and I think that this is what I was actually thinking about with like the demons and like, and thinking about shame and guilt or hormonal shifts or things in our bodies (laughs) and like just stuff in life, right? Uh The baggage that carries some that we have control over, some that we don't, that then controls us is there's, there's this question of does Jesus heal or does Jesus finally sit with someone and hold their hand? And nobody has been willing to do that. To acknowledge them. To name and to be present to someone. And there's part of me that's like, I wonder if we can live with both of those. That like, mm-hmm. and maybe there is that miraculous healing mm-hmm. 
But there's also something that is truly miraculous about about somebody who would be deemed unclean. They have a fever, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, sick. That um, that they are not well, and that Jesus goes and touches them mm-hmm. and names their humanity in the midst of what they are deemed as mm-hmm. not clean, not human, not yeah, pulling people not, out of isolation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if there's a both hand mm-hmm. with that. And so to me, that's a really powerful step into the, the, the demon language, because mm-hmm. to me, it's that question of, of what is like, Jesus has just shown us that he has power over unclean spirits, those that wish to pull us away. Mm-hmm. And here we're reminded that Jesus is going to sit with the unclean. Yeah. That he's not going to run from it and he's not going to, <laughs> but he's also not going to let it have power. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, it's a really, it's an interesting. There is that silence, right? The silence of it, too. Yeah. Like we talked about last week, um, where the demons, he doesn't permit them to speak because they knew him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The silencing of those demons and the overcoming of of them with what they attempt to do to us, which is to take us out of community. Um, Yeah. Because the, the serve, right. Is not like the traditional gender roles either. Right. It's the, the idea of that going back to the wilderness when the angels are helping, helping Jesus waited on him. It's that they're kind of, they're present with him in a way. It's not like she just got up and put on the, the kettle. Right. Right. She's yeah. She's almost fulfilling like this discipleship. In, and I think this is actually really powerful. And I think in the Gospels, and I think Mark, this is true in Mark too, is that the women bear witness mm-hmm. in a way that is almost more powerful than the men. Mm-hmm. That, that you have the male followers, mm-hmm. but when you see the women who have interacted with Jesus, mm-hmm. um, and I think this is true in John's Gospel too, with like the Samaritan woman. Yeah. Um, and, or the hemorrhaging, uh, the woman, hemorrhaging woman, right? Like mm-hmm. all these different characters that it is their actions that then mm-hmm. confess and profess in a way that the disciples don't even know. They're still bumbling to try to figure things out. Mm-hmm. And yet this woman rises and then just begins to serve. Yeah. Right. That that is that the witness is that that being connected again to be able to be in community. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I wonder if. There's something just wonderful about that. That resurrection is not just about professing and telling everybody how amazing this dude is who just saved my <laughs> life. Uh-huh. It's not about salvation. It's it's about also it's about living into the new life that has been given you. It's a both and, right? right? Yeah. Um. Oh, what was I going to say? Which is interesting too to think about, like, because so often you can go down the path of like, well, why can't Jesus just heal me of all my ailments? You know. Right. And and this is. And if we contextualize it in that way, right, there's the physical healing happening, but then there's also the spiritual healing of the lack of isolation and or the bringing out of isolation, the taking it away and the restoring to purpose as well. Right. And purpose in the eyes of God, not just purpose in like your specific gender role or your work role or whatever that might be. It's like this multitude. It holds this multitude of things. It's not just the one thing. Right. It's not just. If I lay my hands on you, you you won't have that scratch on your hand anymore. You know, whatever. Yeah, but I think I mean one of the things I was thinking about as you were as you were speaking was that like this relates really well to thinking about one of the things we lost during the pandemic, which was touch and mm-hmm. contact. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And thinking about um, how much people crave Mm -hmm. and until we are isolated without touch, without contact, without social, Mm -hmm. um, how much it it is woven into us that we need that, that we need the touch, we need that. And to think that Jesus experiences this with the with Simon's mother-in-law, but then what he does is he stands at the door and takes everybody who hasn't been touched in years mm-hmm. and says, I'll touch you. <laughs> right? I mean, essentially yeah. that's what Jesus yeah. does. It says, you're not alone. Yeah. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. And... And whether there was this miraculous physical healing, there is also a, I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. I'm actually loved mm-hmm. for who I am. Somebody touched me again, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've I've spoken with with widows, widowers, or those who have, have for one reason or another, been isolated or lost their partner, mm-hmm. or um, and how much they yearn for that physical touch again. Yeah, yeah. And... And it's not just of the person they're missing, potentially. It's also just they, you're in physical touch. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes me really feel like, I wonder if this is in some ways, this is Jesus honoring the fullness of humanity in a way that, to kind of tie back into last week, is flies in the face of the scribes who just don't get it. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, if you do this, 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 and this, and people are like, all we want is to be touched. Yeah, right? we like, just, just want that connection. We just, can, I, can I give you? Can you give me a hug? Right? <laughs> yeah. Like I mean it's mm-hmm. it's almost that layer of 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 human desire and need and and I just feel like Jesus really steps into this in a way that is is so compassionate but also very miraculous because that is not the norm. Yeah. Right? Or the norm that at least to our knowledge that's just not the norm. Living into that full human experience. Yeah, he's a mother Teresa. Mm-hmm. I mean like for us it would be like mm-hmm. that type of person like wait, you're doing what with with people who mm-hmm. you might get a communicable disease from and blah, blah, blah. Like what? Um, that's amazing. And we, we idolize that, but in some ways it's also, it's, we adore it because it, it's touches us so deeply mm-hmm. to see somebody do something so deeply human. Mm-hmm. Right. And needed. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Sorry. Kind of went on a, no, I think that's kind of like, I was no, just like, really that's really like powerful that. to me. And it is really powerful and I appreciate it. And I just, I love, too, how the compassion of Jesus just kind of spreads out in this text as well. It does, Because like, yeah. when I was listening to the, the Working Preacher podcast, they had mentioned, they had referred to, like, the article, the commentary article, and how it's kind of like this last week was the public and this week it was the private, but it's not really the private because, no. like, they were talking about how in Capernaum, like, everything's, like, super close and wedged <laughs> in together and you can actually apparently go to the house of Simon's mother-in-law. Really? Yeah. Intriguing. Yeah. And okay. that it's like, it's all, everybody's like on top of each other. That's just the way. Not that, surprising. That's yeah. just the way that <laughs> life is. And so her healing in like, quote, private really wasn't private. It's yeah. Well, just, he also has all these people in there with him too. And I, I mean, love the idea of everybody just at the door, gathered I, around the door. <laughs> the whole city is gathered around the door, just like wedging themselves in. There's just one, like the overflowing desire to be a part of something, which like to me, that's like the spark of that connection, right? It's like we see it, we feel it, and we just have this like urge, this Holy Spirit urge within us to be a part of it as well. And that's kind of what the people are being called into. And that goes back to 
I mean, it, I went on the on the human touch route, but that goes back onto the inclusion route, mm-hmm. just being seen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That Jesus seeing them mm-hmm. all of a sudden gives them, and to think that Jesus yeah, is there is new. for them too, right? Like, and were he, these yeah. this, these probably weren't the people who were coming to the synagogue? We don't know, but probably not. They you probably know, weren't welcome. They weren't welcome because they weren't clean. Right. right. I mean, and the idea that to enter the holy space, you must be clean. Jesus kind of breaks that open where he's the holy space coming to the people. And you had talked about that earlier. Yeah. Too. And that actually, I mean, in, that starts mm-hmm. with him in the, in the town, in the synagogue. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, but he goes out, but then he goes out and he goes into community and says, in some ways, God is present in your home. God is present in your doorstep. God is present in this city. Mm-hmm. Um, and the interesting thing, like I was thinking about this um, after we'd been chatting, uh, I think yesterday about some of this, but like that, like it's also really profound and beautiful because it's not just Jesus, Jesus being present and God being present. It's that God names and claims us as beloved and worthy of God's presence in every place of our life mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that where we think we're the most sick or unclean or demon possessed or on the margins god says nope i'm here mm-hmm. right and I'm i see you too. i still see you as a beloved child of god yeah like can you can you can i silence the demons for you mm-hmm. can i help you and yeah. that that doesn't just happen in the synagogue it's not just in one room that god is god is present in that same power yeah in every place in the world and, and in that, the universe and the cosmos. Yeah. And that no rules that you have created can separate me from you. Right. Cause yeah, we get the, the scribes absolutely. and their rules about who's clean and unclean. And then we get like the idea too of the Sabbath, right. Healing on the Sabbath, right. which like Simon's mother-in-law, it doesn't seem like she was in like life or death. Right. She could have yeah. waited till tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, we just hear it's a fever. We don't really know, but, but Jesus says rules, your rules don't apply to me and they don't stop me from connecting to you or coming to you when you need it, when you need it. Yeah. God's presence does not, is not constrained to human law mm-hmm. and human rule. Yep. And also God's healing is not constrained to our imagination of our worthiness and our, and our location. Yeah. And I mean that physically, but I mean that also like where we think we are spiritually, physically, mm-hmm. like that, that God's like, no, I'm mm-hmm. that, uh, Jesus is like, I, I'm, I'm showing up. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, I kind of like that, that mm-hmm. it's, well, I mean, I should say, I really like that. That's, uh, that's, that's powerful. But I, I also just think that that's so often. It's also that none of these people, <coughs> the other thing is none of these people are like, save me, Jesus. I need to, I'm, I'm going to repent and turn my life around mm-hmm. and I'm ready for you to save me. <laughs> there is no narrative in this passage that says that God's love is only in existence for you. If you repent and claim Jesus as your personal Lord and savior, uh-huh. that does not exist in this. No, Jesus is basically saying, no, that's not how this works. Jesus. I am present to you in a very different way. I will show yeah. up when, in all your places. Jesus doesn't often ask anything from anyone in order to be healed. No, and especially not Mark, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Mark, we, he- I mean, and, you know, Mark and scholars would probably say a lot of this is to help set, Mark is setting this up to teach about 
um, the power of Jesus as well as the apocalyptic narrative subtext. Um, and we could go on a whole different journey with that, but I do, I don't, I think that's missing that one of the things that I deeply love about Mark is that Mark, Mark is deeply human. Mm-hmm. Um, and deeply engages in an incarnational God in a powerful way to me. Mm-hmm. Um, that everything is very intentional. And so for me, I read this with the intentionality that Mark is intentionally pulling Jesus out of the constructs that the world would put put Jesus in mm-hmm. and reminding us that the kingdom of God looks nothing like yeah. how society has been, yeah. has, has operated. Instead of rules and a specific space and place for the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God looks like um, being made clean in whatever way you see that, right? And like returning to community and then casting out whatever is ailing you, right? Yeah. In these two stories from and last it, week and this week. Yeah. And then Jesus does, I, we, we've got to at least touch briefly on the end. Jesus then does some self-care. Yeah. Like, he's like, oh, I've he seen a lot a of people, place. so I need to go mm-hmm. recharge my batteries. And praise. But then Simon, I love the um, Simon's and his buddies come and hunt for him. <laughs> They're you like, where'd he go? Yeah. Gotta get him back. Hunted him down. Yeah. Which is like, you're like, oh, Jesus just needs a break, right? He needs to take his Sabbath. But then also it just like, it it's like it underscores the level of need that they have for him. They've gotten kind mm-hmm. of that taste of what the kingdom looks like. And like you can imagine them being like, where'd he go? Like, oh no, is he gone already? Like it can't like he can't be gone yet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He escaped because <laughs> they hunted him. But then Jesus just get up gets up and he's like, Let's go. But you know, one of the things that's interesting about this too, though, is it it's it's both in some ways this may be Mark's savvy foreshadowing, mm-hmm. right? Of being like, Jesus is going to go away. Mm-hmm. Um Oh sure. Yeah, right? that could be. Um but then there's also um there's this element, though, too, of how do I want to say this? Of that, that Jesus has just shown that he, that God in Christ and Jesus is present in the ways that the, the scribes don't understand, right? But like, mm-hmm. and broken down these constructs. And then he points out that, which also means that I need to be recharged not in those confines, Mm -hmm. which to me, okay, don't take this the wrong way, y'all. But what this means is that uh, church can exist on a, on a hilltop, on a mountaintop, on a beach, on a, I mean, which we were going to get with transfiguration and next weekend in some ways, but like, but that, that the holy is found in the ordinary, but is also found in the world. Yeah. And to be recharged in that is to be in the world. And so Jesus is, once again, he doesn't go to the temple to recharge his God batteries, mm-hmm. right? He goes and just finds a quiet place. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think that he's once that we're once again being reminded mm-hmm. that the construct of how we are supposed to be yeah. charged spiritually yeah. are not actually what God mm-hmm. has for us in this yeah. world. Because so kind of what I'm going with the sermon with this Sunday is thinking about like the Sabbath too and how on the Sabbath, Jesus says, like, I got to do what's important on this day. And that is healing yeah. Simon's mother-in-law. But, like, tomorrow, like, I have to go alone and rest, right? Like, it, it mm-hmm. makes it, 
it makes it more accessible in a way where it's like it's not so much about following the rules set for you that you have to do it x y and z or you have to not do this instead do what fills you up and what brings you that connection with god yeah um in a way that feels whole for you right and for it, it's not just about Jesus, right? For, for the mother-in-law, Simon's mother-in-law, it's the being raised up on the Sabbath, right? Like that that for her is Sabbath. Well, and, and in some ways, isn't that going back to the dorky Greekness of the resurrected term that is used that way? Isn't that kind of worth leaning into, too, from the sense that like yeah. that to get up? is not just to get up, it's to be reminded of what life is. Yeah, to return to life. Right, and that that, that does not... To have the energy for life. <laughs> yeah, but also that, that that isn't bound... It's not bound to a day or time, time. or rules, a right. list of rules. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not bound to a system. Mm-hmm. It's bound to a god. Yeah, yeah. A system of human creation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I wonder if I mean in some ways that that extends it as metaphorical as well as as actual, mm-hmm. right? And real and powerful in yeah. both ways. But that it is essential, right? It's it's oh, not absolutely. that Jesus just kept going going going, it's that he still needed that time away to rest and to remember that that like whether you're Simon's mother-in-law or Jesus, like the rest is needed no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Mhm. And I, I think that that's a nice reminder to to all of us, in that in that even if we co- if we compartmentalize like the scribes, mm-hmm. Jesus says it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. But then even if we try to compartmentalize because we think it'll save us energy, Jesus says no. What what, what you need to recharge mm-hmm. is to care for yourself in the midst of all of this. And the holiest of places for you might be your basement watching football. Yeah. Or it might be a silent place on a hill. Or it might be, you know, praying it's, in the desert as Jesus does. Or it might yeah. be like, I mean, but that it, it doesn't have to be confined to what, what society says should be our mm-hmm. place of rest. Yeah, it's somewhere, it's connecting the physical to the mental, to all of it in between. Yeah, it's, it's letting body and spirit, it. yeah, be Yeah, the present. wholeness, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot in this. Yeah, there is a lot in this. It's a, it's a good passage, so... I really enjoy Mark. It's too bad we'd leap over all of this and have to go to Transfiguration, but that's okay. I we'll know. get there I'd next week. I'd rather do the, know? the leper and whatnot. I know. I should see if that's an alternative reading, actually. You could. You could just I skip could. over Transfiguration. Or weave them together. There might be a strange way to do that, actually. That could be interesting. It could be. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. But uh, but thank you for journeying with us with Mark um, in the first chapter. We're almost out of the first chapter. So, um <laughs> But uh, you've been listening to the Queen City Preachers podcast. Uh, I'm Pastor Andrew. And I'm Pastor Molly. And be well, friends.